All right, this will be our very last, our very last night in the book of Proverbs, our ninth talk on these topics, these life topics about the choices that we make each and every day. Book of Proverbs just filled with wisdom, practical insights, and we've had some really good, really good conversations. So hopefully that continues tonight. You can help me. Anybody else? Everybody got one? Super. All right. So most of the scriptures, as you see, are on the handout tonight. And we will begin with just one verse. That's Proverbs 27, 9. So the first verse we'll look at, Proverbs 27 and verse 9. Ointment and perfume rejoice the heart. Everybody just kind of do that. Ready? Take it in. Take the ointment and perfume in. One, two, three. Ready? You got that? You there with me? And you're like, all right, I'm too. I've been working all day, Ethan. Give me a break. All right? You with me? The ointment, that's, you're supposed to feel and sense and smell the verse. Hopefully you're not sitting, hopefully, hopefully there's no strange odors that uh, you're bringing in right there. Ointment and perfume Rejoice the heart, so doth the sweetness of a man's friend by hearty counsel. It's interesting, I picked this last theme. I knew that friendship was a theme in the book of Proverbs. But what I did not realize was just how many references that the book of Proverbs has to friendship. Now, when I say friendship, let me ask you this. Well, let's have a word of prayer. We'll ask God to bless the, the Bible study, and then I'll ask you a question for the introduction. Let's pray. Lord, please help us tonight to uh, just give your word our full attention. I pray that you'd minister to the needs that we each have. Lord, we thank you that your word does speak to us. We pray that uh, you'd bless these next few minutes in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're talking about choosing friendship. How many of you remember, who remembers the very first friend you made at school. Anybody remember your first? Any, we're going way back now. Okay, so who just hold your hand up if you remember. If you can remember, all right, so we're, it's growing now. You're going back, having a hard time remembering. The very first friend that you made, what was their name? Bon, all right, there you go. Do you remember? Uh, okay, yep. <laughs> this is great. Okay. First friend that you ever that you ever made. Um, who else? We almost almost everybody remembers. That's awesome. Or maybe you. Um, I can remember. Uh, I don't necessarily remember the the first friend I uh, I ever made, but I do remember the first first friend I made when I went to college. I can remember person's name. Um, so the Bible says a lot about friendship. Now, I think another question: How many of you realize that uh, there are different levels of friendship, right? How many of you actually are, who would say that they're still friends with someone that they grew up with? Anybody at all? All right? Yeah, it's, it's, you, you, you did one of those, okay? So there's levels of friendship. How would you, somebody help me out, how would you describe different levels of friendship that we have in life? Okay, so what, what is a best friend? Yeah. Okay, what were you going to say? 
Okay, so there's that. So there's friends that are, there's a very close relationship, a level of intimacy. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Superficial friends. That does happen. Hopefully, as Christians, we don't have superficial friends, but the wor in the world, there are superficial friends. They look like friends on the outside, but they're really not. How many of you think there are levels of good friendships, even? So that's just a passing acquaintance. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody else. Levels like what? Like types of friendships or levels of yeah. Sometimes your jabs or whatever. I, I remember back in my playing days back in the eighties. I remember playing in a band for three or four years. Four other guys, two of them who wouldn't have been my friend otherwise. Yeah. Okay, so now what I want to point out is that there are, there are different levels of good, healthy friendships, right? And we need all these. Like everybody can't be our best friend and we can't be everybody's best friend. But there are other levels of friendship that add rich meaning to our lives, right? But they don't necessarily. So what else? Any other ways to describe that? Somebody else? Ms. Bailey, you look ready to say something. That's, there are distant friends. So I would you say that some friendships are seasonal friendships, like through seasons of life. There are people that God brings into our lives or we're brought into people's lives and we move through those through those stages. But I think if we're not careful, sometimes we could have the some people are, are they'll just hurry through those and not realize that God brought these people into our lives for a reason. That even if they're temporary, those friendships can be meaningful. <laughs> And then, like, I have a friend coming to visit me this weekend and all of next week. We've been friends for about 20 years. And what's, what's cool is that there's, we have a deep connection, but a distant connection, like you talked about. So we don't see each other very often, but there is a depth to our friendship where if I was in trouble, even though he's distant, I could pick up the phone. And then when we see each other, that it just, it's like there was no time in between. Yeah. So what were you going to say? I was just going to say that uh, a, a, guy, a, a guy, say my age, we were in class and all that, that was my best friend growing up in grammar school and high school, and then we played in a band together for four or five years or whatever. Yeah. We were the best friends for 15, 20 years, and now he, he lives less than a mile down the road from me, and I haven't seen him in over 20 years. <laughs> right. And, and it had Right. Yeah. So this is, yeah, Teresa. I just wanted to say, early 90s, when 
Yeah. In the Lord. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think in, in a friend, uh, or not a friend, that's funny, an acquaintance of mine actually wrote a book on friendship, and he, de he describes them as, and I thought this was a good illustration, as circles of friendship. And like you, I think you used that phrase, an inner circle, almost. Or a, or, and so even Jesus had an inner circle, didn't he? I mean, he said to all the disciples, I've called you friends, but there were three that he had a very close human connection with. Peter, James, and John. So uh, that that is awesome. So now let me just give you, let me, let me walk you, let's walk through really three things here. If you're filling in the blanks, get ready because we're going to do some of that. Uh, first of all, I'd like to talk about the blessings of friendship. The blessings of friendship. So the blessings of friendship. We looked at Proverbs 27, 9 already, but we'll also read verse 10. So look with me here at verse 9. Ointment and perfume rejoice the heart. So doth the sweetness of a man's friend by hearty counsel. So think of these two phrases, rejoicing the heart and hearty counsel. What comes to mind? I mean, obviously that's very poetic language, but what comes to your mind with those two expressions? Any thoughts on that? Oh, to get multiple points of view from good friends. Yeah. Somebody else, hard in counsel. What, like, what does that make you think of? In depth. Yeah. Like, I think of uh, like a hearty meal. Like, that's just, what, what is a hearty, like, like um, you know, kale salad, okay? It's not a hearty meal, right? A hearty, what does a hearty meal do? What does a hearty meal do for you? Beef stew. Okay. Beef stew. What's it do? What does it do to you? Fills you up. Gives you, puts you to sleep. <laughs> we call it, what do we call it? You just said, yeah, comfort food. That's the idea here. So what I put for this next blank is this. One of the blessings of friendship is spiritual and emotional strength. Spiritual and emotional strength. Now, we, if there have been surveys done particularly, particularly among American males, particularly among American males, that in this generation, uh, the American ma males have very, very few friends. Very few. And, uh, and I don't know, you, we could speculate, and people do speculate why that is. Some say it's from several generations of like macho independent culture or something like that or stereotypes that have been that have been passed down not wanting to seem soft or effeminate or anything like that that's one theory there's other theories as to why that could be however has that always been the case in every culture because sometimes we think like as guys we just behave a certain way and we might think well that's just the way men are but is that true in every culture Anybody know how uh, uh, Middle Eastern male friends uh, spend their time together? Could you, could you say that one more time? They'll hold hands. Sometimes. They'll hold hands, literally. So literally, if you, do you remember, anybody remember back in the day when George Bush was president 
he would go to Saudi Arabia on these trips or whatever. Politics aside, there's images of him walking with the Saudi prince hand in hand. So there's cultural norms, cultural stereotypes. The, the point is this, aloofness and aloneness might be a cultural value, but it's not a biblical value. It's not a biblical value at all. In fact, who is the ultimate? Give me some biblical examples, and particularly of male friendship in Scripture. Can you give me some examples? Anybody? Absolutely. Jonathan and David. John, when, when Jonathan died, David said, your love was greater than the love of women. And David loved him some women. So anyway, um, what were you going to say? Yeah. Well, not just Paul and Timothy, but all of the, the, his traveling companions. I mean, Paul spoke with very deep affection toward those people, toward Timothy, Titus, um, uh, I forget who else, Silas, very deep affection toward them. Other biblical examples? It's to say in the Bible that Joseph, or, uh, Joshua and Caleb would have been close because together when they said we can take the land and the other ten spies said no. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I forget who this is, but there's other there's context. Sure. Yeah, that's James and John. There's one really obvious one. I kind of already mentioned it earlier. Anybody? Closeness? Jesus? Yeah, exactly. Jesus and the Apostle John. Where At the Last Supper, where do we see the Apostle John? What? Where? Where is he seated? Yeah, he's literally, he's literally leaning, physically touching the Lord. He's leaning on him. So just interesting, these blessings of friendship. So as Christians, we need to make sure our friendships are not culturally informed, but they're biblically informed. So, so first of all here, the blessings of friendships. Friendships provide spiritual and emotional support. There's, or strength is the word I, I gave. Support is fine too, but spiritual and emotional strength. Now look back at the scripture, because I think there's two here. It says, no, I think this is interesting. So, first of all, ointment and perfume rejoice the heart, so doth the sweetness of a man's friend by hearty counsel. Thine own friend and thy father's friend forsake not. Neither go into thy brother's house in the day of thy calamity. For better is a neighbor that is near than a brother far off. Anyone want to hazard a uh, paraphrase of that? Take a stab at it? Maybe you want to try to put that into modern vernacular for us? To What's it saying there? Particularly, I think the summary is kind of at the end. So I think if you can summarize at the end, you'll get the gist of it. Better is a neighbor that is near than a brother far off? Well, y yes, but I, yes, that's true. absolutely. I think there's more significance than that, though. I was just going to say, if there's a, if there's a calamity in your family all of a sudden, uh, you, need to, you need someone to talk to. Yeah. You may not be able to get a hold of your brother or sister or whatever, but your neighbor is always there. Right. And this is particularly talking about a neighbor that you have, a, a, obviously, a friendship with. The point is this, that we should have friendships that are as meaningful 
as our blood relations. Right? He's saying here that it's better if you have a neighbor close to you. Because in, in the context, these, these generational friends almost, thy own friend or your father's friend forsake not, that there can be deep ties, brotherhoods, sisterhoods, with people that we're not blood related to, right? But that, like you said, maybe your, your immediate family is far away, and in times of trouble, there are people you can go to that are just like family. That's a biblical principle. So if we don't have that in our lives, we should, we should do some reflection as to why. I'm not saying it's necessarily anything wrong with someone, but it's a fair question. Have I experienced this in my life? If I have, wonderful. If not, well, why not? Now, obviously, that's one of the reasons the church is referenced to as the family of God, the family of faith. We are to be that. I think it's particularly important for people like me who have a wonderful family structure, really both my family, my in-laws, I mean, we have a pretty unusual, like my children have a very unusual circumstance where they have a huge extended family that is all very close-knit. That's a rarity. But there's a danger with that. The danger with that is that we take for granted that a church or a community is filled with people that don't have anything close to that. So we could be selfish and just, well, I'm okay. I've got my people, right? Whereas we're called to, well, what, what is the blessing? So we had spiritual and emotional strength. I'll give you this last one, uh, or the second one there, shared burdens, shared burdens. Like, uh, good friends will share our burdens. It says there, in the day of thy calamity, a better, it's better to have a neighbor near than a brother far off. Shared burdens. And that's not the only verse that talks about friends being closer than family. We'll see another verse a little bit later in a different context. There is a friend that sticks what? Closer than a brother. Now, we, of course, we love to see the ultimate fulfillment of that in whom? In who? Jesus. But that's not the immediate point of that verse. It's literally talking about a friend closer than a brother. And of course, Jesus is the greatest friend closer than a brother. Okay, spiritual emotional strength, shared burdens on the inside right-hand page, the next blank. The other blessing of friendship is mutual growth. Mutual growth, benefiting one another. And, and there we look at Proverbs 27, 17. Iron sharpeneth iron. Two blades sharpening each other. Iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. Can you think of, a, anybody think of a time in their life when your friend, and, and maybe we can't come up with one, but I'd encourage you, if you can think of something specific where your friend made you better, where you had a friend and you can say, you know what, through that friendship, I can give you an example. Anybody have a testimony of that where a friend made them better. Does it have to be like deeper? Can it be like sports? I, I'll take it. I'll take anything at this point, Mike, because you're the only one that raised your hand so far. So let's take it. So, uh, my friend James and I, uh, sophomore year, we were both playing javelin. And so we would both compete with each other, trying to throw the javelin farther. Yeah. Both of our scores in here by like 10 feet or something. 
That's amazing this, that your scores improved through that. That's, a, that's actually a very good illustration of this. And so you, you take that very physical concept and then spiritually or relationally or however. Anybody else? Testimony of that. So it's, I, can, I can think of one, now I'll go to Patrick, one where observing a friend in the way they interacted with their children and just being around them and thinking, you know what? I should be more like that. And that's that, you're spending time with each other and there's a sharpening that takes place. What were you going to say? Just had a friend, his name was Mikey Hassenbuehler, and we led group together. And some, some weeks it would just be me and him, but um, through sharing with one another, we both got the chance to be better men. And uh, that took time and effort and commitment and some uh, willingness to be vulnerable. Sure. Yeah. Great. Anybody else? Okay. So let's look at number two. Number two. Now, the main, main point, number two. Toxic friendships. How many of you have experienced some of those in your life? All right. Toxic friendships to avoid. Toxic. You guessed the blank there? All right. How many of you like doing that? You like trying to guess what the blank's going to be, right? And you got to cross them out, fix them. Or, then, or maybe you're like, I like my blank better than yours. So that's fine too. Toxic friendships to avoid. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Boy, that's pretty, pretty intense. But if you look at, he's talking to his young man's son. And there's been many a young person whose life has literally been destroyed. I mean, ended because of the friendships that they kept, right? Um, and that's the extreme. But we know that, that bad relationships, they just destroy things in life. And there's a couple of profiles here. I've got one, two, three, four profiles. I'll try to go really quickly. These are people we just need to avoid in our lives. And there's, it, it's, it's not unchristian to avoid a toxic person. It's not unchristian. Now, if you cut them off in an unchristian manner, that's wrong. If you give them no chance to make things right. But there are some people that will not be reasoned with. And we would do better to just avoid those relationships. Now, number one, the gossip. The gossip. A froward man, that's a, a perverse person, a person with no moral compass. A froward man soweth strife and a whisperer. A whisperer. That's an interesting, uh, this is an interesting point. How do you know if someone's gossiping? Would they want what they said to be announced loud enough for everyone to hear? Or would they rather it just be whispered? A whisperer separateth chief friends. And I'm sure everybody here could share a story in their life where somebody came in and just started telling, well, it's the truth, but is it helpful? Right? So gossip is particularly destructive. Proverbs 17, 9, he that covereth the transgression seeketh love, but he that repeateth the matter 
separateth very friends. Did you hear what so-and-so did? Can you believe how they fill in the blank? Right? So gossip is just, it's just got to be shut down. Anybody got a, got a, a great way to deal with gossip? Anybody? Somebody gossips to you? What, what's, what's a great thing to do? Because it gets awkward, doesn't it? How do you know? It's like somebody starts gossiping to you. It's like you don't, because we don't want to be self-righteous, right? Like, oh, thou art gossiping right now. You know, we feel, because we are like, you know, I've gossiped before and it's wrong. But somebody comes at you with gossip and you're trying to deal with it. Anybody, what's a good way to deal with it? How do you shut it down? Okay. You know, we shouldn't be talking about this. Yeah. It's not appropriate. That's great. Just, just be direct and loving to the person. You know? Yeah. I was just <laughs> You just, so he, he's got the direct approach. You're maybe not ready for that, so you're like, I'll just change the subject. People do get the hint, usually, if you should. Sometimes they don't, though. And they'll keep bringing it up, and you might have to take it to them at that next level. Anybody else? What's that? That's actually, that's a good thing. Like, I don't think I need to know this. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've heard that too. It's like, I don't need to know everything, but I'd be happy to pray for that person. You know, if you're, right? That's a good, that's a really good statement. I don't need to know all that. People, when it comes to gossip, most people who gossip are looking for what? They're looking for a listener. Yeah. Would you say? Trouble. trouble. <laughs> yeah. They're looking for trouble. Okay. So, um, just principles. If, if you have a, a, somebody in that inner circle of your life that's a gossip, you're going to have to either pray and work with them to change or you may have to change your inner circle all right number two so not the first profile is not just the gossip but secondly the envious the envious anybody ever had a friend that you experienced that envy situation with them like first you're close and then what happens then it's like competition right there's this, I, I heard a, I, I have somebody I know that shared a story with me about someone, they had a really close relationship with somebody as long as they were both, listen to this, they were both economically kind of struggling, right? They're, they're just in a, they're, they're struggling. They're in the same lot in life, you know, struggling to meet, to make ends meet, all of that. And there's, you know, they're, so they're friends, the families are friends. And then what happens is this person I know, they started to do, and it's nobody here, so somebody far away from here, but they, because, uh, yeah, right? So, and they, that's the truth. There's nobody around here. So they started to do a little bit better economically. The Lord blessed them. They had some new opportunities. And do you know what happened with their friend? Things started to change. And the, the, the they, there was, comparison that went on and your spouse and my spouse and of course you can do this because you have that and just this these seeds of envy creep in what are some things i just gave an example 
of financial, but what are some other ways that envy destroys friendships and relationships? Sure. Children. Children. Wow. Yeah. Relationships. Relationships. You have a better marriage. You have a better girlfriend or whatever. Yeah. What else? Sometimes people are just envious of your friendship. So that if you have another friend and they don't feel like you're the friend, it's like... Drama. Right. Yeah. There's that. They want, they want exclusive ownership of you as the friend. Right. Yeah. They don't really know your life. They just see the picture. They just see the the gram or the Facebook right. profile. And they're, and they're just sometimes they're just envious because they're so. Right. And it comes from a place of deep discontentment, mm -hmm. and really from a place of deep ingratitude for what God has done in my life. Whenever I envy, I'm displaying unthankfulness for God's goodness in my life. Scripture says here, wrath is cruel and anger is outrageous, but who is able to stand before envy? That's some great Hebrew poetry there. Just as a little side note, you often will get like two comparisons. Like, for instance, do you remember that proverb, these six things that the Lord hates, but, but what? Seven are an abomination. I, I remember people, people that don't understand it, they make the wrong assumptions. Like, all right, well, there's six things that God doesn't like, but then there's a seventh thing that he really doesn't like. It's not a mathematical equation. It's a poetic statement. Like, six things, wait a minute, it's not just six, it's actually seven. It's for emphasis. Same thing here. It's not, he's actually not even talking about wrath and anger. He's saying, wrath, you think that's bad? Anger, pretty outrageous? <laughs> you ain't seen nothing yet. How about envy? Envy. Proverbs 14, 30, a sound heart. Ooh, this is really good. A sound heart is the life of the flesh. I think that's contentment, peace, satisfaction. It just gives life. But envy, the rottenness of the bones. Some people, listen, I want to speak compassionately now too. There could be somebody in here and you struggle with envy. Because we all struggle with different sins. It doesn't make you any worse or better or whatever. But the point is this. Envy will rot everything in your heart and all the relationships in your life. So you got to get it out. Any other thoughts on envy before I move on? Yeah. Just sometimes. Sometimes you need to be confronted before you even realize that, oh yeah, I do have this in me. Anything else on envy before I move on? I, I, I think sometimes yeah. envy, we don't think about it because we're so caught up in our Yeah, it's a root sin, right? Yes, and they, it causes people to do unkind things to people. 
Right, you're like, why am I so, you might ask, well, why do I, why am I so sarcastic and biting? Why am I so gossipy? Why am I, and then maybe if you examine your heart, or if I examine my heart, it's like, oh, there's some envy there. Yeah, it's a root. Bitterness is described as a root. Envy is one of those root sins as well. And I think another reason people don't always realize it's there is because in and of itself, it's not outward. Like, I mean, we can envy, but nobody sees it, right? They, don't, they, they see the anger, or they see whatever, but the envy is a feeling. It's a passion. And so, yeah, there's signs of it. Any other thoughts on that? Okay. You know, Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I've got two more. Number three, the flatterer. The flatterer. A lying tongue hateth those that are afflicted by it, and a flattering mouth worketh ruin. Somebody help me out here. Give me a statement like a flatterer profile. What, are the, what kind of things is a flatterer saying? Do we know what we're talking about with a flatterer? What are they doing? Yeah, there you go. A little flattery, a little pour it on. Yep. You can't like compliment people. No. No, not allowed. No compliments. You can, certainly. You can, you can, I'm just, I'm messing with you. I'm just, I'm a terrible person. I'm no friend to you, Mike. Just forgive me. Yeah, there's a difference between a, well, that's actually, I'm glad you said that. What is the difference between a compliment and flattery? I think it's actually pretty straightforward. Since you said sincerity, I think there's something else there, though. That's true. The flatterer is not sincere. It's insincere. Why, though? Yes, the flatterer makes the compliment not to build the person up, but to take something from the person. It's all about what I can get. And what's, what is so deceptive about flattery? Like, I don't know, what, what do you mean? Well, I guess where I'm going with this is when the, the first time someone flatters you, what? You might not realize it because that's the trap of flattery is that it actually, so to so imagine you don't know this person at all, and they just give you what sounds like a genuine compliment. What's going to happen inside of you? I'm not trusted. So first, you might get Well, somebody comes up and says, now, there are some people that they're just schmoozers. That's another word for flattery, okay? Is that an old Yiddish word, I think, right? They're just schmoozers. They'll come in and they'll just pour it on. And we had somebody at the office like this. Somebody at the office, like they're not doing that great at their job, but they're bringing in like coffee and donuts and like delivering them to somebody's desk or something. And after about two days, it was like, yeah, the, we know why you're doing this, all right? Because you ain't got long for here, basically. But what happens though is if somebody's good at flattery, the first thing that happens is 
like, I don't care how mature you are, if somebody compliments you, you'll like it, okay? You'll like it. Now, there are some insecure profiles where, where people can't handle compliments, I understand that. But all things being equal, when somebody compliments you, you like it. And it endears you to that person. And so, but their actions eventually manifest themselves. That's why I would say that friendships are things that should be formed carefully and intentionally, right? They should be, I'm not, and maybe, you know, I, I guess I don't have chapter and verse on this, but putting all these principles together and kind of applying them, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open the, because we talked about those circles of friendship, right? My inner circle, my inner circle, I'm going to be very protective of. That doesn't mean I'm going to treat everybody aloof and distant, but if somebody comes into my life and they just expect to jump right into that inner circle, I'm sorry. It just doesn't happen that way. That's not wise. Because I don't know you. You, ha you don't have a proven relationship. And many people, are they end up in hurtful relationships, and I'm talking friendships, because they go deep too fast. It's like, you're like, boy, now you're really confusing me. You started off, we need deep, meaningful friendships, and now you're like... Well, character has to be proven, right? And that's what some of those circles are for, that we get to know people. And you mentioned the word transparency, which is a really important word. Again, transparency happens over time. And everybody's a little bit different in how long it takes. And we need to be patient with each other. A lot of things that affect that, past scars, past hurts, all these things. Now, we can't use those as excuses. Well, the last time I had a close friend, they burned me. Happens to all of us, right? So we can't use that, so I'm never going to have any, I'm never going to let anybody close ever again. No, but there is wisdom. All right, I'm on a tangent. So the gossip, the envious, the flatterer, and then the last one here, I couldn't think of a good uh, one word for this, so I said this, the bring you downer. <laughs> That's an official term. The bring you downer. And I don't just mean the negative Eeyore. I mean the person that takes the quality of your life in spiritually, emotionally, whatever, and it takes your life and brings it down. For instance, in Proverbs 1.10, my son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. There are people that, that, there are people that God sends into our lives to strengthen us, and how many of you believe there are people that Satan puts in our lives? You know what I mean? And they're there to be a source of temptation, a source of frustration, right? They bring you down. Or if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. They have an influence on us. Now, here's a couple examples. Actually, saw Proverbs 22, 24 through 26 gives us a few examples of, the, of this kind of person, types of people. First of all, make no friendship with a what? Angry man. We talked about this a few weeks ago. Forget which lesson it was, but we, uh, communication. Talk about anger. Make no friendship with an angry man. So that's somebody that's going to bring you down. Or a furious man. Why? Because what's going to happen? What's it say in the rest of the verse? You hang around with that person, you're going to do what? Look at it. It says it. I'm a... Yeah, you're going to learn the ways of that person. It doesn't just apply to anger. Who you associate with is going to define your character. Who you associate with will... De... Dad, what was it your mother always told you? There's a... She had a quote like that, right? Yeah, you'll become who you associate with. Very true. Um, 
and this, this is not just a biblical principle, it's a life principle. If you read any success literature, like how to get ahead at work, how to you know, be an entrepreneur, the number one thing they tell you, I don't know if it's number one, but one of the main things they tell you is find a new peer group. Find a new peer group. Try to associate with those who are at the level that you want to be at, not with those that are at the level where you are. Because very often, at the level where you are, those people, there's, they want to keep you there. They don't want to see you succeed. They want to keep you down with them. But a good friend, a good friend would say, wow, you're making it to the next level. And that level could be anything. It could be spiritually, relationally. It could be, they, they just want to see you succeed. And they have the attitude that says, wow, if Mike can do it, then I can do it too. But some people will see Mike do it and then be like, Psh. You know, he used to be my friend. And you know what? I'm just talking real life. People are like that. You know, oh, we used to be friends, but, you know, then she found him. <laughs> right? Like, all this stuff. And, and rather than celebrate. So anyway, you got to avoid that. You learn those ways. They keep you in those patterns. It'd be a snare to your soul. But not just that. <laughs> there's, there's another type of person in this verse. Be not thou one of them that strike hands or of them that are sureties for debt. He actually tells you to not hang around with people that are bad with their money. Isn't that interesting? Why do you think that is? Well, yeah. And they are freewheeling with the dollars. You know what I mean? Have you ever gone out with a, gone out with a friend and you never would have spent all that money <laughs> except you were with this person? Or maybe not. Maybe, maybe, you didn't, maybe it's not physically shopping. Maybe it's like, well, they bought this house or they did this some people are reckless with their finances and we have this desire to keep up with the joneses any other thoughts on that before i move on i gotta wrap this thing all right last point you ready here we go number three principles for healthy you could say spiritual godly whatever i said healthy friendships Principles for healthy friendships. Let me give you three that we'll finish with. Number one, take initiative. Take initiative. A man that hath friends must show himself what? Friendly. You got to be a friend to have friends. And I can, I can think of uh, situations where people have said to me, I don't have any friends. And what they really meant was, I want to be friends with this person, but they didn't really open up to me. And they get all focused on that. There's, the world is not short of people that need a friend. Right? But sometimes we, and I'm thinking of a particular situation where really somebody just wants access to a certain group of people. Or they want to, they, want to, they have this desperate longing. And not everybody can be your friend. I just, like, I know that's, that can sound painful. But not everybody has the relational space in their life to be your friend. And that's okay. But there is somebody out there that could really use a friend. And if you would like to have, sometimes the greatest friendships are when somebody says, I will be this person's friend. To have, to have friends, you must be a friend. And there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Number two, a second principle for, uh, for healthy friendships. Not just do we have to take initiative, but then one of the elements that's there is loving honesty. 
Loving honesty. How do you know if you have a healthy friendship? Are you honest with each other? Open rebuke is better than secret love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. It's better, there are people that just tell us what we want to hear. Do we have people in our lives that we have given them the space, we have given them the friendship to tell us when we're off track? To say, you know what? You, you need to change your attitude or you shouldn't behave that way. Do we allow, do we have people in our lives that can speak that to us? Loving honesty is a principle of a healthy friendship. Lastly, third principle from the Proverbs, give. And, and Teresa, you said this already. Give, don't just take. Give, don't just take. A friend loveth at all times. And a brother is born for adversity. You know your true friends are the ones that are there in your time of need. Not just at the party. But when things are going rough. And I would say this. Jesus calls us to be a friend to all. He was known as the friend of sinners. So, so long as we are giving, 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 then the Lord is going to bring those people into our lives that are giving to us. And we need to be patient and trust him. And just, just I've always said this, when I, used to, uh, when I used to be a youth pastor, I would always say this to the kids too, like, you should, you should be a friend to everyone. But then you should choose your friends carefully. Do we understand what the point there? A, a Christian person should be there for anyone who needs them. But who are the people that are going to really that I'm going to really spend my life with? Who are the people that I'm going to have that closeness with? It's not going to be people that don't love Jesus. It's, it's going to be God's people. It's going to be somebody that is going to do all of the things that we just spoke about. So, choose friendships. They're a gift and a blessing of God. He's brought people into our lives. Be a giver, not just a taker and let God build these relationships in, in your life. Let's pray, and we will we'll be finished for the night. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much that you've given us your word. We, I pray that you'd help us all to, uh, to be the friend that you've called us to be, to make a difference in people's lives around us. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. We are so glad that you've taken the time to join us today. If you've been blessed by the message, if you have placed your faith in Jesus today, we want to hear from you. Maybe you still have questions about what it means to have a personal relationship with Jesus. Please let us know, and we would love to answer those questions from the Bible. We would also be happy to provide you with the Bible and other free Christian resources to help you grow in your faith. You can email us at info at mountgraylockbaptist.com or send us a message on Facebook. You can also call us at 413 662-2107. We would love to hear from you, and our desire is to be a blessing to you in any way that we can. God bless.